What's going on with Nathan Redmond, by the way? What's going on there? What, is this the thing that where he looks like a young Nuno Espirito Santo? I, I don't know what he's doing. What he's doing with himself. Well, he's not fulfilling his potential. He isn't. In fact, there's a whole select 11 that he can fit into. There's that squirrel that had the Jaffa cake last time we were at Steve's. Do you remember? <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I've no. seen it. Can you, you recognise it? Is yeah, it? Because it's, he's incredibly fat. Why, why, why is he not hibernating? Hibernating? Don't they go into a... They Clearly get not. all their nuts. It's on the wall. Yeah. But that's not hibernating. The time, the time of year where they should be hibernating. Unless he's a crazy rogue squirrel and thinks, you know what, while you other guys are hibernating, I'm going to go out on the razzle. Some people who go to Thailand over the mm. course of Christmas and New Year, you mm. know, squirrels go into a squirrel hole. Because he's... Squirrel what? hole, yeah. do they? Indeed. Do they? That, that one isn't. So what's he doing? His tail's going like that. There's some... Because he's what's collecting he all those the nuts good, for. The good food is available over Christmas and New Year. <laughs> why would you? Why would you dodge that? Mm. It's when he's going to get his jaffa cakes and the piece of toast that I saw him with the other day. It is interesting that uh, the, 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 the comparison between Chinch's horses and Steve's squirrels. It just gives you a little kind of window into. Chinch, oh, the horses that yeah, pass the, by. Yeah, on the, 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 the uh, difference on between the, the two the, lives on the country lanes. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah, it's a reflection of how well our lives have materialised, isn't it? Really. Happy New Year from Set Piece Menu, the podcast where four friends talk football over food. That food is very much in Stephen's mouth. Uh, joining me, Hugh Ferris, with their New Year's resolutions are Rory Smith. Well, I now have to say my New Year's yes, resolution. Yes, that, that was the, that we rehearsed it. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's just, it's a, you There's know. There's so little you need to change because oh, you're perfect just, in my there's eyes. There's just so much to change, Chin. Is there? I think, I think... This is supposed like to be the snappy part of the intro. Is it finding somewhere to live? That, I mean, that's not so much a New Year's resolution as a, as a necessary <laughs> compulsion. Uh, the, I'd like to be more... I'd just like to be better. like to be better. Stephen Wyeth. Use words other than great in commentary. <laughs> nice throwback to a couple of weeks ago. And Andy Hinchcliffe. Can I give you two? Because oh. clearly I have a lot of... What do you mean? Uh, just get I've on with it. I want to... Get on to with be it. a snappy intro. People love this You're part the of one the show. who needs to leave. Okay, I'm going to be... I'm going to be the best co-commentator I can be and also be a less selfish lover between the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> and at least one member of the audience goes, no chance. Um, <laughs> pro- probably more than one. <laughs> Um, we have uh, to enjoy, uh, s- if anybody's got a uh, New Year's resolution to cut down on the nice, uh, the nice food. No, that's nonsense, isn't it, when people say that? Also, it's New Year's Day. Get over it. It's nice By 4pm. It's nice for us to get together on New Year's Day. It, it is. It's, it's remarkable really nice. how we're spending time. Okay. Uh, maybe my New Year's resolution is to spend more time doing the podcast. Well, let's spend less time with our families. Yes. No, yes. I'd, can, I, can I revise oh, my... More time getting divorced. No, no, but you can open the salted caramel covered yeah. pretzels. Uh, that are our gift from me to you. Don't worry. Happy New Year. That's my New Year's resolution. Less What's sugar. Less sugar. Less sugar. Okay. Or less, Pre- su- less, less sugar because of the podcast. Having to find something That's what you're notice. going for. With all the work you need to do to yourself, less sugar is what you're going oh, for. Oh, they're only tiny. They're tiny pretzels. Oh, tiny, tiny. Tiny, tiny pretzels. Not worth it, yes, it's, only, it's only a small gesture. It's not a full-on German pretzel. Talking of New Year's resolutions, here's something approaching one from Matthew Mayers. Andy, Hugh, Rory and Stephen. Alphabetic so as to not cause any conflict. I've been a long-time fan of the podcast and listened to every episode but finally found a reason to write. It's a proposal, really. It's time to take the live podcast to America. Why should fans on the other side of the pond have all the fun? It would seem that the best time to do this is during an international break next autumn. I can't open these. The obvious place to do a live podcast is in the media capital of the world and my hometown, says Matthew, the brutal forking of the pretzels, New York City. 
I am willing to bet that is one of your largest fan bases outside of England. Perhaps best man Billy, he says, can do some listener analysis to confirm this. New York has a number of other advantages. The international breaks <laughs> in October and November would not only allow you to enjoy New York's lovely fall foliage, but also give Stephen the chance to see one of the area's three NHL teams play. Hugh could probably see one of New York's two NFL teams play. Strictly speaking, both play in New Jersey, and the only team that plays in New York State plays in Wait for it, Buffalo, but we'll let that go. Both teams are awful, but at least there's no relegation in American sports, so you can be assured they will still at least be playing in the NFL at the time of your arrival. As for a venue, the New York Times has a lovely event space at their headquarters, just steps from Times Square, where they often hold public talks. Given they refer to the podcast as Roy's own, you'd have to imagine they would be eager to host the event. I'm not, not sure they're that keen <laughs> to be associated with this project. Finally, given Andy's burgeoning ties to NBC, indeed on the day that this podcast goes out... The chinches on NBC. I'm sure they would welcome you to their headquarters in Rockefeller Center. Perhaps they would even feature on a broadcast of NBCSN's Men in Blazers broadcast, the Seppies Menu Gang's first joint televisual appearance. Anyways, I could go on, and I did, but just wanted to throw out the idea. Of course, if this came together, I'd be the first in line to buy a ticket. That is from Matthew Mayers. Nice idea, Matthew. Not really making it happen, though, are you? You're providing us with a proposal and not giving us any sort of solutions to the problems that would necessarily it, arise. It would quite cost quite a lot of money. We, to we need to finance exactly. The in proposal place, really. should be, I'm going to give you loads of cash Here's how it works. Here's four business class return tickets from <laughs> Manchester to JFK would be a start. I'd take economy. No, come on. Let's aim. Let's reach for the skies. No, I mean, I think, no, we, I, I, think I think there's reaching for the skies and there's massively overselling yourself. <laughs> and I would, I would say that's the, the latter. So let's let business. This films. Okay. We'd be we'll, fine. Okay, we'll negotiate an upgrade when we get there. Before we get to our subject today, set piece menu. I can tell you is brought to you by Man V Fat. Do you love playing football? Yes. Are you feeling out of shape? Yes. yes. <laughs> Still two yeses. Man V Fat Football is a nationwide program that combines football and weight loss. What better thing to have as your New Year's resolution than to combine football and weight loss? Man V Fat doesn't preach about the latest fad diets or detox teas, as most people's New Year's mm. resolutions do. Yeah. They support their guys in finding a way to lose weight that suits their lifestyle building healthy habits and getting their bodies moving more, not just in the way that Andy Hinchcliffe dances. Man v Fat players not only score goals on the pitch, but also on the scales every time they lose weight. This means they can contribute to their team's rise up the league table, no matter what their natural football ability may be. Limited left back. But Man v Fat is so much more than just football <coughs> and weight loss. It's also teamwork, accountability, friendship and fun. Players in Man v Fat Leagues across the country have lost over £240,000. Mm. That's nearly a quarter mm. of a million pounds, Chinch. Mm. At least a year's worth of Ron Atkinson contractual wage pay. Of weight since... <laughs> it's, that's a, that was a large tangent. and yeah, well, Large clause inside well, that sentence. You're going well. you to say at least, at least a year's worth of Ron Atkinson Kit Kats. <laughs> at least. But you can't have Kit Kats if you're hoping to lose weight. Mm. Uh, certainly the amount that were provided on that plate you can't, you by so, Ron you Atkinson. Definitely Kind of platters of Kit Kats. Uh, but players in Man V Fat Leagues, let's get this stat out there because it's tremendous. Across the country have lost over £240,000 of weight since 2016 and 90% of players in the programme lose weight. If you would like to join a league near you, all you need to do is this. Go to manvfatfootball.org. That's manvfatfootball.org. Or you can take a look on Twitter at manvfat. Manvfat. Way. Play. Win. <laughs> Why the delay? Because I was hoping somebody would remember the... Uh, Man v. Fat. Way. Play. Lose. Win. <laughs> it's win. Oh, win. Oh. It's win. 
Man v Fat is way, play, win. Man v Fat Football dot org. I'm a big, a big, um, big fan of the Slow Burn podcasts that, that Slate put out. They are excellent. And their latest, they've, so they've done Watergate and they've done Clinton and Lewinsky and they're mm-hmm. now doing Tupac and Biddy. Uh, but my favourite thing about, about the Tupac and Biddy series is that one of the product placement adverts is for an underpant firm. So Joel Anderson, the host, has to read these adverts that are all about how he doesn't replace his underwear enough, which I think is really, that is, that is really committing is it, to the advertising bit. Is it also the ones that feel really, really smooth next to your skin? There's, there's a bit about the ballpark, and I just, it just feels a little bit kind of... The ballpark or the ball part? So no, the, no, so apparently, the, whichever, I can't really even remember the name of the, um, of the company that produced the pants, but they have a patented ballpark pouch, which is, is a clever pun about underwear but it's just a, it's an intensely personal advert and I'm not sure I need to hear it as the I'm only thing is I would imagine that the podcast hosts throughout the nation are all reading it so they possibly yeah. all have the same problems which would make you feel slightly less uncomfortable I think they would maybe maybe phrase it more delicately so today rather than looking ahead to a prosperous 2020 we're going to spend our time downing the dregs of 2019 by trying to compile an unfulfilled potential 11 attempting to both include your better suggestions and ignore the terrible ones following SPM edition 156 admittedly the terrible ones probably came from a little closer to home highly Highlighting how much we rely on the tremendous set piece many audience and their cranial capacity. You'll remember that last month we had a conversation about those players who receive extraordinary hype as youngsters who don't go on to have the career that attention suggests they might or certainly hopes they will. All manner of reasons surround such a path followed by prodigious talents and hopefully you found our discussion of them thoughtful and sensitive. Now, however, we're going to be judgmental and insensitive as we reduce each player simply to the level of disparity between hype and eventual success. It is time for an SPM Select 11, this time populated by players with unfulfilled potential. We will focus particularly on those who have not matched the hype surrounding them rather than just those who have been relative disappointments. Now, I have attempted to pull together as many names as possible for our consideration. It'd be impossible to credit every listener who mentioned them, so you'll just have to accept our collective thanks for all your contributions, including those who took the time to do a whole team. Just know that we likely wouldn't have thought of them if it weren't for you. And when you hear the name of the player that you suggested, just give yourself a little pat on the back. This is going to be very simple. I have a list. I'm going to delete the ones that we unanimously agree should not be in the team. And hopefully after that, we will have something approaching 11 players. Okay. So that we start. Sounds, that sounds like an efficient way to, well, to do business. Well, the, the efficiency is brought about because, Chinchester, uh, because leave. Chinchester leave. The keepers, I have four, so let's try and find one. Richard Wright, Loris Carius, Chris Kirkland and Jack Butland. Does anybody uh, immediately want to dismiss any of those? I would take out Butland and Carius. Butland and Carius are going. Your reason simply because they have well, had... Well, I think Butland's had a decent career. Careers that and not necessarily matched it, but have not been too much of a disparity between hype and eventual career. Yeah, and well, I think Butland's had a decent career. He's maybe been a little bit, sold a little bit short by his choice of club and mm-hmm. his transfer decisions. They've not yes. necessarily panned out for him, but I think he's had a good career. For, for a goalkeeper who was relatively hyped, he's not been... I wouldn't say Jack Butland has been a disappointment. And Carrius, I don't actually think, was ever that hyped that much, no. to be perfectly honest. Butland? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Butland has a chance, perhaps, to mm. resurrect it. That's to the point Yeah, I was going to say, but by goalkeeping standards, Butland's still got plenty of yes. his career ahead of yes. him. Yes. And someone will take a punt on him at some point. Yeah, yeah. Who's, who's the other keeper? Kirkland, um, or, Kirkland Richard, or Wright? Richard Wright. Can we even make a decision on our keeper at this early stage? Kirkland was very unlucky with injuries. Did, did David James 
fulfil his potential. Yeah, he had a good career. Dave he James. had enough he of did? a good career yeah, to, yeah. To, okay. to, to not necessarily match the hype when he was a young player was, losing from Watford to Liverpool. Was, but the hype was excessive, but David James had a good when career. When I was with him, when I, was inv- I mentioned I was involved in the England squad for a couple of years. Is this uh, going to be a tangent? He was, that, uh, he was a phenomenal goalkeeper. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So a bit strange to, to, to even bring up. Bearing in mind the conversation we're having. But, but if he was a, you know, if I clearly feel he's a phenomenal goalkeeper, has he had a phenomenal career? Probably not. Your your stamp yep. is stamp enough for me. Okay. Uh, so do we... Uh, it's the fact that you met him in an England squad that makes me think he probably uh, fulfilled his And I've told you potential. the story where he forgot his boots and I had to bring them along when I was a late yes, call-up. Yeah, I've told yeah. that story, haven't I? Yeah. Mm. Um, so Richard Wright or Chris Kirtland do we say that uh, because Chris Kirtland was unlucky with injuries that that puts us with Richard Wright as our goalkeeper I would say Richard Wright is, is, is an unfulfilled promise goalkeeper that, that mm-hmm. was an extraordinarily successful goalkeeper's section thank you very much indeed uh, you will note is that the more uh, creative we get throughout so, yeah. the team <laughs> the more names we have defenders um, let's do a few um, I'll try and keep these to uh, centre backs Jonathan Woodgate Micah Richards, Phil Jones, Reese Oxford, and Francisco Pavon, which I put in because of Ryan Baldy's suggestion a couple of weeks ago. You'll remember uh, that that was the one that you were searching for, Rory, when you were thinking about the Real Madrid. Pavon has to be discounted because the whole model of Cracksy Pavon is was that he was just a youth team product, was that the Cracks would be the, the imported Galacticos and the, Pav- the, Pav- the Pavons would be the kind of, the you know, the, the place... What did what they call it? What placeholders? The placeholders from the youth team. So I don't think anyone ever thought Pavon was was going to be um, some extraordinary kind of elite level defender. Um, the Pavon is gone. Pavon is gone. Resorts was about can fifteen, I, so it's a bit hard to Can I throw Michael in. Ball into the mix? Uh, we're not. We're doing centre backs. Oh, just centre backs. Yes. But I Michael Ball's a great centre back. I'll, I'll add Michael, Michael Ball's Ball a great shout for left back. Yeah. Yeah. See what you think about the other. He was my understudy at Everton, and he was bloody good. Really? Yes. Are we going to be able to get? Or two, should have been amazing. Two centre backs out of Jonathan Woodgate, Micah Richards, Phil Jones, and we're discounting Reece Oxford because he's got plenty of opportunity. Woodgate yeah, had a hell of a lot of injuries, didn't he? As well, he did. And also, the, um, there was a brilliant piece on the Athletic a few weeks ago about the um, the incident with Safras Najib outside Majestics in Leeds that that seemed to kind of affect him as a person. I think that. You can make the case that Woodgate, who, for my money, mm. was the best English defender, the brightest English defender of his generation, yep. didn't live up to that promise. So although he did have an excellent career, it was not a patch on what it should have been. So I would, I would warrant Woodgate's inclusion. So this is laying down a marker for the discussion that the bar potentially per position can move yeah. depending on how yeah. high your hopes for that particular Absolutely. player were. It's all about okay. the relativity to their all hype. Right, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, so Woodgate is in another centre-back out of Micah Richards and Phil Jones. Now, a lot of people mentioned Micah, um, I suppose partly because he's in uh, the public eye now because mm-hmm. he's started a very successful broadcasting career. Um, but is that a little bit harsh? And again, there was injury issues with him. Phil Jones, does he have time to resurrect uh, what was, has was been... Was Phil ever... Phil Jones ever... Yeah, massively. Yes, really? Massively. Talk, people so. talked about him being the next Duncan ne- Edwards. Oh, yeah. okay. A player who never got the chance to fulfill his potential, yeah. as, mm-hmm. we, as the we point made at yeah. the time. So it's a really hard comparison to make. In, in terms of what was expected of them, I think Phil Jones would come ahead of Micah in that list. I think it's a little bit unfair on Micah to, yeah, to have it. I don't think anybody ever thought Micah was going to be absolute 
top draw. He was the young, at the time, he was the youngest yeah. defender to ever play for England, wasn't yeah. he, when he was capped for the first time. Mm. Uh, so we're putting Phil Jones and Jonathan Woodgate as our centre-backs, and we have a lot of full-backs. Uh, so let's pick a couple from these. Both Raphael and Fabio yes. um, have been mentioned. Kieran Gibbs, Luke Shaw, John Flanagan, and now Michael Ball. Kieran Gibbs is a good shout. Yeah. Kieran Gibbs has that, that issue that we mentioned when we first discussed this, was... Essentially, anybody out of the Arsenal youth system for the time that Arsene Wenger was there was trumpeted as being the next big thing. And uh, quite a lot of them weren't. And that's not necessarily just because of Arsene Wenger and because of Arsenal or indeed because of the players. Mm -hmm. But he definitely falls into that category. We may well have more as we go down the the list of positions. I don't think Flanagan counts because he was a kind of jobbing youth teamer at Liverpool who happened to have a few games for the first team and did, did relatively well. But I don't think anyone was ever under the... I mean, he, he might have made a World Cup squad, bizarrely. But I don't think... He wasn't kind of a, a bright promise. It was He was just someone who came in and did a job. So I wouldn't include Flanagan. We might be short of a right-back. Yeah, the, the, the Silver Twins, again, I think Raphael, it's, suppose, a bit, yeah. it's a bit of a tricky one because they did okay. They, they came to United. Fabio was supposed to be the outstanding talent, yeah. but because of injuries, Raphael was the one that made the breakthrough and got more opportunities and, and, and played considerably more often for, for United. But... I don't think they ever quite got to that stage where we thought these guys are going to be United's fullbacks for the next A lot of these players are affected by the fact that they were bought young or came through the system at big clubs. So that, that affects the Francisco Pavon argument is that if you're breaking through from the youth team into a Real Madrid yeah. team full of Galacticos, you're going to be brilliant. You must be, even particularly because you're 18 or 19. So a lot of these players are affected by that. But I think that's still fair to have them as part of the conversation. I'd, I would put Fabio in because he was, of the De Silva twins, these the much vaunted yeah. and, and Raphael came because they wanted Fabio. He barely played for Manchester United. Fabio, uh, Raphael rather, had a, had, a, had a fairly good career at Manchester United and goes on and playing Leon, now. Yeah, yeah and but, still uh, playing for Leon, yeah. Um, oh, he's injured at the moment. So for, I, I would have Fabio if we're searching for a right back. But of the left backs, we have Luke Shaw, Michael Ball or Kieran Gibbs. Gibbs is a great shout. I think Luke Shaw is harsh. I think Luke Shaw's had a good career. He's maybe not quite yeah. as good as it should have been. Just but signed he's, 160 It's a relatively a week small discrepancy. Luke Shaw isn't the first and certainly won't be the last player to leave a mid-ranking Premier League club and not quite meet the standard yeah. required by a top-level Premier League club. Michael yeah. Ball was mentioned by Yu Chin Chui. Um Well, seeing the player that he, he was and when he... Clearly, if he was going to take my place, he had to be one hell of a player. Absolutely. Or one hell of a prospect. Yeah. Uh, but he had a lot of injury problems as well. And I, again, I don't think he quite got to where he was capable of getting to. Uh, I have a right-back suggestion. <laughs> Kyle Norton. Yes. Yes. Who who was the right Sheffield United who moved to uh, to, to Spurs. Spurs? Who was the Forest defender that, that Paul Gascoigne clattered into? Gary, Gary Charles. Charles. Gary Charles. Was he? He played right back, didn't he? Gary yeah, and Charles. Yeah, it was quite a sad story. Gary Charles. Yes, yeah, it is. It is a horror, horrendous story. Sort of yeah, had, a, yeah. had a real fight with alcoholism and yeah. depression mm. and stuff. But yeah. I, I don't. I I was too young to know how how trumpeted he'd been. Um, I, well, he was funnily enough talking about that era. He was trumpeted much like Rob Jones was at uh, yes. Liverpool. Um, but both, you would say, had enough of. Did they have enough of a career? I mean, Gary Charles did play for a little while after that. Both played for yeah. England, I think. Yeah. Um, Rob Jones is difficult because I mean, Rob Jones basically retired at 24, mm. didn't he? Because the injuries got so bad, and it's that feels a bit like a slightly different category. Mm -hmm. Rob Jones. I like the uh, the idea of Gary Charles. Okay. Should we should we make Gary Charles the right back and Fabio the left back? Could do. do we think yeah. Fabio's yeah. more in, worth more an inclusion Gibbs. than Kieran Gibbs? Fabio played left back for United more than yeah. he played right. Gary back. Gary Charles is a great example of, of life getting in the way of a career, isn't it? Mm. 
Excellent. We have four defenders at right back Gary Charles, at left back Fabio, and in the middle Phil Jones and Jonathan Woodgate. We move on to midfielders, which we will do quickly because I have many, many names. Just a yes or a no, perhaps, on some of these, or a for further discussion. Hugo Viana, remember, signed for Newcastle as the most expensive teenager at the time. Didn't work out for him, never really went anywhere. Hugo Viana, keep him in. Yeah, definitely. Jack Wilshire, very much a conversation that we've. I, would, I think we talked about Wilshire. I think Wilshire probably would be in... Wilshire kind of sums up this whole subject. At least one person on Twitter effectively responded to our request for names saying this is the Wilshire, Wilshire team. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Gooty, somebody mentioned. No. He had enough of a career. Keith Gillespie uh, was another one after that, that part of that move. Uh, that I also wonder with, Gille- with, with, with Gillespie... Took him to Newcastle. The, there, was, there was an element of... He burned very brightly, relatively briefly, but he actually then went on to have the career that maybe he would always ha- have had, mm-hmm. which was perfectly serviceable yeah. Premier League right winner. Lee Sharp. Did I Lee Sharp... Once played football. I used to, in fact, I used to play football with Lee Sharp. He ran the pub. Still good? Where I grew up. No, it was awful. <laughs> I never... It was extraordinary. I, I would say that when I was playing football with Lee Sharp, I was better at football than Lee Sharp, which is not normally the case with... Mm. Sharp, I think, is a really good shout. Yes. Sharp, keep in. Ravel Morrison and Michael Johnson and Freddie Adu. All conversation kind Ravel of starters, Morrison, if you like. We had Morrison to, probably uh, has Morrison to be in there. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, keep, we'll keep them. Hang um, on, who's the other one? Morrison, Adu. Freddie and Adu and Ravel Morrison. And Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson's probably oh. worth considering. So yes. they're, they're, yeah. they're making the cut. Um, yeah. I've got a few here that you might be able to dismiss quite quickly. Ricardo Caresma, John Obi Mikel, Jody Mi- Morris. Mikel, Mikel not Mikel's no had a brilliant career. Had a fine career. Jody Morris, I don't think, was ever hyped that much. Jose Baxter at Everton. The, it was hyped very briefly. Briefly, didn't work out. And obviously had disciplinary problems uh, at Oldham. Ross Barkley, still got time to, yeah. to be good enough. Charisma, mm-hmm. I think, has had the career that Ricardo Charisma probably wanted. Uh, Danielson is the one that we brought in uh, a couple of weeks ago at somebody's suggestion, or we probably dismissed it on account of the fact that he was just overhyped by one team who wanted to pay too much for him. Yeah, it was kind of a... It was the trans- the, the, the world got tricked by the transfer fee. Yeah. A couple of Germans, Sebastian Deisler and Mario Goetze. Mario Goetze was where we started the conversation. Probably ruled him out on the basis that he had enough of a career, or has I, had enough of a career. I Sebastian think Deisler is a great is a example. Very yeah, Goetze, no, because illness has played such a has had such a massive impact on the tailing off of his career, and he did score a goal in the World this, Cup, the winning goal in the World at, Cup the reasons, final. The reasons behind they didn't have the career. No, it's, it's a not different really conversation. The, yes. the reasons behind don't matter. It's just about the so, disparity between the I hype and the eventual career. Does he not come into it regardless of what's happened to him in his in his his life? Is he still should he have done more? Well, I suppose it's whether you take is whether you take the winning goal in the World Cup final as, as being part of the hype or part of the uh, where he went on to be. Goethe could have been part of our conversation two weeks ago when we were talking about great with a capital G yeah. or a lowercase yeah. G because he will always be a German football great because he scored the winning goal in a World, World Cup, Cup final. final. Yeah. Yeah. Josh McEachran yeah. and Joe Cole. McEachran, there's better. I think there's probably better candidates. Cole, decent enough career, didn't he? Joe yeah. Cole. I mean, it might yeah. not have been as brilliant as it could have been. Yeah. Jack Rodwell, Anthony Latalek, Latayek, Tayek. Sorry. Both, in fact, both Rodwell and Latayek warrant further discussion. further discussion or, or are contenders. Yeah. Alberto Aquilani, the no, former did, Liverpool Aquilani player. Aquilani just had a just had a one move that didn't really work out and kind of banjaxed his career. He did really well at Roma. Yeah, and did did okay at Fiorentina. Did fine at Fiorentina. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cleberson, David Bentley. Cleberson's surely just another Danielson. Yeah. Uh, Bentley's Bentley's not a terrible show. Yeah. Mm. Oliver Burke, the well, young Scottish mm, winger who went yeah. to Bayern Munich and then Leipzig. Well, let's give Burke 
the benefit of the doubt that there's still potentially there's still time, time for him. Yeah. Uh, ben, Bentley's a good shout because he'd probably say himself that his yeah. career didn't reach yeah. the level that it should have done. One more in terms of nice midfielders. Man, David Bentley, actually. Jermaine Pennant. Again, another one of the yeah, Arsenal who, youngsters who came through and we wondered and how good they were. And cost a lot of money as a teenager and didn't... But then, I don't know, played in the Champions League final... Did all right, didn't, didn't he? he park his Porsche at a petrol? Uh, that petrol he left the train station and forgot he parked in Zaradoffa. Yes. Mm. Yeah, well, Mickey Thomas did that outside Anfield. So, <laughs> uh, um, so we've got too many midfielders. No, the great thing about the pennant story, though, is that he was he was completely bamboozled by the suggestion that he'd done that. Some, you know, some the, yeah, yeah. The notification came down the pipes from Spain when he after he joined Stoke, saying, "Oh, we found your car parked." What car? Guess, what car? What are you talking about? I didn't. That's not my car. We have thirteen midfielders, and I don't know what formation you want to play, but uh, it may well be that we only have room for three. <laughs> so we're going to have to get rid of some. The opposition don't have a chance. We're going to have 28 players in this team. <laughs> Hugo Viano, we're getting rid of him because there are better suggestions perhaps. Yeah. Lee Sharp, better suggestions than, than, than him? For I think Lee Sharp's, Lee Sharp's good. No, Lee Sharp's a really good candidate. It is. Okay. So, yeah. And Jack Wilshire, we're deciding, is, almost, is, a is almost perfect. Yeah, Wilshire's Wilsh our pivot. Yes. So yes. if we've got <laughs> Jack Wilshire and Lee Sharp, we've only got room for one more. Uh, out of Ravel Morrison, Michael Johnson, Freddie Adu, Sebastian Deisler, Jack Rodwell, Anthony Latayek, and uh, David Bentley and Jermaine Pennant. Morrison Sorry, we've got 11, not 30. I thought... I, I've done 4-4-2 for reasons I don't quite understand, um, with Sharp, Morrison, Wilshire and Deisler. Although I could be persuaded mm. to put Bentley in for Deisler. But also we're a bit Premier League-centric. It doesn't matter about the injury or what happened. It's, it's, they're all unfulfilled. No, but I, th- I think there is a point at which you have to say... So we, I mean, we do, to re- revert to the defenders, like with Rob Jones... I think you have to say, look, if, you, if your career is effectively ended by injury, then it's a bit hard. You are yeah. unfulfilled promise, but it's, it's a slightly different situation. If your situation. career finishes before you're 25, I think we've got to say yeah. clearly injuries have got to come into it. They come into it as a factor. It doesn't rule it out, but it comes into it as a factor. In fact, if you look at all of these players, with possibly one or two exceptions, I suspect they've all had injury problems. Uh, that, that's part of it. And are we, are we getting, so we're getting so rid of... So do you want Deisler in or do you want... Well, you wonder, so you're, you're getting rid of players that basically were the, the cornerstone of our conversation when we initially had it. Michael Johnson and Freddie Adu. Well, Adu I'm thinking of as a forward. Adu, I mean, Adu I suppose has to... Adu's in the kind of Wilshire category, isn't he? He's kind of... He sums this if, up. If I was to have one player in, it, it would be, be Freddie Adu. Well, Adu's going in. Daniel Agger and Freddie Adu. So Michael Johnson Agger, Adu. doesn't sorry, make sorry, it. Sorry, sorry. Well, Michael Johnson doesn't make it. Would you, um, would, I, mean, I suppose Johnson's career was effectively over by the time he was 25, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, and that's, that's because of injury, but also yeah. other reasons yeah. as well. Um, and he has gone on to deliver as a great pub it, in it West Didsbury. It is so a very, very good pub if you're ever in West Jack, Jack Rodwell, I suppose, is the other one who you'd, you'd have to say. But would you put him above Jack Wilshire? No. no, not Wilshire, but I wonder if I put him above Morrison. Although Morrison's oh, ta- Morrison know. was so talented. He was. So many people mentioned Ravel Morrison. Yeah. It, it is Morrison and Wilshire are... Right. So we're going to have to get rid of, Can we to play? just get us down to five, Jack Rodwell, Anthony Latire, David Bentley and Jermaine Pennant. Putting Rodwell instead of Sharp. No, I think, I think Sharp's perfect for it. Okay. So we've got five midfielders and at the moment. We'll, balance. We'll, we'll think about who to get rid of later, but we've got well, Wilshire, well, Sharp, Morrison, Adu and Dyson. Could play Sharpie at left back, couldn't you? Could do, yes, yes. That feels like a bit of a squeeze. Mm. I'm not that really. It's an attack-minded, disappointing (laughs) career. It is. Um, Our forwards. This team's going to be bad enough as it is without (laughs) playing players out of position. Our forwards might be quite easy. We've got still got quite a few to get through very quickly. Yeah, but the thing is, before a ball is kicked, what a bloody team this is! And then after the game, it's oh (laughs) Oh, my god! I had such high hopes. There, (laughs) Franny Jeffers. Big contender. Big contender. Theo Walcott. Lots of people mentioned Theo Walcott. Has he had enough I of think, a career? Uh, he has, but see, then this is where it, you, how you, good, what, how? you get into the discussion of, of different different barometers for different people. Because the hype around Walcott, partly does Svenjorn Eriksson take him to the World Cup, was insane. And 
he didn't deliver on that at all. So although was it fair to have that hype? No, not not no. not in the slightest. But so although Waltops probably had a better career than quite a lot of these players, the level of hype that mm. he was coming down from was also a lot higher. So you wonder whether maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the gap between the hype. That's, that's exactly and what, what you it achieved. is. Yeah. The, the disparity between the hype, whether it was mm-hmm. correctly applied, that hype, whether it was gen- generated by a, an actual ability yeah, or, or meet the media, yeah, or just yeah. kind of a sense. It is the disparity between that hype and the eventual career. And, and if he joined a club other than Arsenal or the Arsenal that he joined, because his time with Arsenal came, you know, coincided with when they stopped being genuine challenges for the title. Whereas if he'd ended up elsewhere and had been winning more regular silverware, perhaps that would have given him a bit more focus mm-hmm. and he'd have been a, we'd have been having a different conversation about him. He's still in. Three Italians. Mario Balotelli, yeah. Antonio Cassano and Federico Makeda. Balotelli. Is Balotelli more than Cassano? Uh, and I'm, I'm no, going to take Makeda no. out because he's not as much as either. So, Cassano was meant to be a generational player. I think the thing with Balotelli, who is, I went to Brescia not long ago to, to do a little thing on Balotelli. I think, this is going to sound really weird and poncy, but I think we maybe need to take Balotelli out because a lot of the stuff around Balotelli is stuff that's been imposed on him from outside about what he's meant to do as a black Italian. And I think that to an extent, that may have dis- may have changed how good everyone thought he was because people wanted him to be this thing that he was never really cut out to be. Balotelli's also had, to be honest, a chaotic career, but a pretty good one. Whereas Cassano, I mean, Cassano played for Real Madrid and Roma and various Milan teams. But he was bought by Real Madrid and Roma to do something that he probably I mean, Cassano was not. meant to be really special. So I, I would say Cassano, and I would throw in an Argentinian by the name of Javier Saviola. Javier Saviola is on the list. Is he? Yes, he George. is. Uh, but Sav- Saviola can uh, be part of the conversation. We, that, that, that makes four already with the forwards. Uh, we've got room for one, two or three. Uh, Boyan, Yaya Sonogo, remember him? Uh, there was no, you can't compare the amount no. of hype that Yaya Sonogo had with, with like Saviola or Cassano. It doesn't. He's gone. Boyan, gone because he's had a, the kind of career that doesn't necessarily provide Bo- the greatest disparity. Bo- Bojan is much more of a contender than Sonogo, but I think I'd probably rather go for... I mean, maybe Bojan over Saviola. Boyan. They're not, they're, Boyan. They're not winning many... Kirkic, I call him. They're not <laughs> winning many headers, this, this forward line, are they? <laughs> there's, there's better candidates, though, than, Bo- than Bojan, Bojan, mm. Bojan Kirkic. Mm. Alexandre Pato? Yeah, Pato. Pato's a great shout. Uh, Bebe, remember him signing for Manchester United with <laughs> great things? Or is it only bad signing? <laughs> yes. don't, yeah. don't only Carlos Kiros who thought he was any good. Scott Sinclair, Saido Berahino, and Adnan Yanazai. Yanazai's a good shout. Similar. Berahino, ever happened to him? Oh, he's, playing, st- he's playing in Belgium now, isn't he? Is he? Blimey. Yanazai's uh, a good shout. Keep him in, but Not Scott those. Sinclair and Berahino are going to go. Javier Portillo, back to the uh, youth players coming through at uh, Real Madrid and not necessarily being what their surroundings might suggest that they should achieve. Yeah, Portillo, I mean, I I think there's more compelling candidates than Portillo, but yeah. Uh, Right, so we have to get rid of uh, But hang on, it's interesting this, isn't it? Because it just shows that it's much harder to name defenders who've been hyped in that way than it is to name midfielders, particularly creative midfielders. There's not even that many holding midfielders there. This is something that we hype... This maybe sounds blindingly obvious, but it just kind of illustrates that we we hype attacking talent yeah, yeah. far more. And that's because atta- attacking talent looks much more kind of obvious when they're 17, 18, 19. Whereas defensive talent, we kind of accept that it takes a little while to gestate. Yeah, Although I'm pretty sure we're forgetting, there must be like some Italian kind of defensive... It's not sexy, is it? 
No, but I'm, I'm just wondering if it's a 17 year old centre half. Like, would you put of, someone mm. like Renocchia in defence? Someone who's come through a big Italian club and been, been hyped as kind of the, the heir to Beresi, and then it turns out you could out understand that we just a giant gangly centre half. Quite as aware of the hype yeah, that surrounded that's it, yeah. a young player coming through the ranks to replace one of those famous four or more yeah. than four at the back for eighty nine. It says you know we, we just don't. It's not sexy. We don't it's get as sexy. excited mm. about emerging defensive yeah. talent, that, and that's why I suppose Phil Jones is such a compelling example because we were immediately led to believe that this player yeah. was going to blow our minds. What about Jean-Alain Boomsong? What about him? <laughs> what about him? <laughs> what, what about Jean-Alain? Well, Boomsong was meant to be... At, this... at Rangers or at Newcastle? Well, I think, it, or, I think he came through at Auxerre. Auxerre before he went and to Rangers. he was meant to be the kind of, this is, you know, France's next great centre-half. But then, yeah, I, you're right. It's Jones is a great... Jones is, is a great example of someone who was who's had a really good career and Phil Jones will look back on his career when he retires and thinks, well, I played for Manchester United for 28 years. But the hype when he came through at Blackburn was something else. So he's he's a great shout. Maybe, maybe we should go through at the back. Uh, we could go through at the back because at the moment we're playing a formation of 4-5-5, which is uh, not going not to work. That's not within the laws of the game. 4-7-9. Um, so if you want to go through at the back, we have to get rid of one of Woodgate, Fabio, Jones or Charles. Well, if we're going to go through at the back, we can't have Gary Charles or Fabio in the team. No, because we? we need another centre-half. Uh, well, we were struggling with centre-halves in the first place. So I'm pitching Boomsong. Well, let's throw Boomsong in then and Charles and Fabio sling your hook because yeah. we've got wide players who have, Are incredibly of which we've got much more compelling arguments thoughtful for. Thoughtful and <laughs> well-structured arguments being thrown out at the last minute for a last-minute suggestion that nobody so has made. going to throw you out of the unfulfilled <laughs> potential <laughs> 11. I thought it was in <laughs> and they pulled me right out again. Right, I'm going to put Boom Boomsong and then maybe ask people if they could come up with one more centre-back. Someone to, better to, than to, Boomsong. Yeah, to maybe... Yeah. Uh, suggest that if we're going to play 3-5-2 uh, or 3-4-3 three, three, there must be somebody there'll in the be last somebody. five years that we've kind of midfielders come on take, take four out of these five mm-hmm. Wilshire Sharp Morrison Adu and Dysler. Well, Wilshire and Morrison were agreed on aren't we yeah Wilshire Morrison I'm pushing for Adu right well then Dysler's gone yeah, I think I think Dysler was is the one to drop out. Just simply, it's a bit more of a niche discussion point. Isn't he it? he certainly well, his career ended very early, um, but it's probably beyond certainly my understanding as to how much he was hyped. Yeah. Oh, Matt, hugely time. hyped. But I suppose to, the thing with Dysler is there is an element of Rob Jones about him where you have to say he was so chronically unlucky with injuries that it stops being a tale of unfulfilled talent and more being a tale of, of talent obstructed. Um, and our four, if we're going to play 3-4-3, three, three, is actually quite nicely arranged because we can have Lee Sharp on the left, Ra- Ravel Morrison on the right, and Adu and Wilshire in the mm-hmm. middle. Okay. So I don't think, think Freddie Adu was a central midfielder. <laughs> he kind of, he was just an everything to everybody, and that's why he was such that's a disappointment. That's why his potential was unfulfilled, to play the wrong position. Three out of these five to play up front. Franny Jeffers, Theo Walcott, Antonio Cassano, Alexandra Pato, and Adnan Yanezai. Hang on, what about Saviola? Oh, you wanted to put Saviola in as well. I'm going Cassano, Pato, Saviola. Yeah, I, I think that's the top three. Yeah. Definitely those, that. yeah, Let's definitely Cassano and Pato. Getting get rid of yeah. Franny Jeffers, who was another one of those typi- typified... Uh, have we got a coach who was massively Ooh. hyped and then had a, has had a really unfulfilled career? Andre Villas-Boas? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> ABB, got to be. Brilliant. Lovely. So, uh, <laughs> we are getting rid of Franny Jeffers. Could be Mikel Arteta in two years' <laughs> oh, time. Yeah. In six months' time. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Gerrard. Here Ooh. is... Our unfulfilled potential select 11. In goal, Richard Wright. Our three central defenders, 
two of whom we're definitely putting in, one subject to your uh, contribution, our fine listeners, Jonathan Woodgate, Phil Jones, and Jean-Anam Boomsong. In midfield, we have Lee Sharp, Ravel Morrison, Freddie Adu, and Jack Wilshire. Up front, Antonio Cassano, Alexandre Pato, and Javier Saviola. Are we happy? All managed by Andre Villas-Boas. Is there any substitute who always came on and was always rubbish? <laughs> that might be some one-person bench. Roberto Firmino is the worst player as a substitute I have ever seen. But Moyes Keane, who <laughs> <laughs> came on and there was 19 minutes later, was taken off. Moyes Keane is, is on. There is a chance when we have this conversation in episode 1500 that, that Moyes Keane will be in this conversation. Okay. Thank you very much indeed to all your suggestions. You, your contributions were absolutely essential because our brains really are massively limited, particularly when we're under pressure, apart from when John Allen Boomsong suddenly pops into our head uh, at the last minute. And um, please, if you would... Uh, send your suggestions for that third centre-back to setpiecemenu at gmail.com at setpiecemenu uh, on Twitter. Thank you for your uh, attention, your contribution, and no doubt your festive joy that you've been experiencing over the last uh, couple of uh, episodes. A very happy new year to you all. Please subscribe, share, rate and review as we humbly ask you to continue to find room for us in your podcast schedule. Thank you to Rory, Stephen and Andy. To you all for listening. We'll be back with another Set Piece Menu for you to enjoy very soon indeed. And now Chinch has got to go. I've got to go. Where are you going, Chinch? He's got to pick my wife up from David Lloyd Tennis Centre. He's got to pick his wife up from David Lloyd Tennis Centre. That feels very specific and somebody getting a mention for not sponsoring us. It is specific because that's where I'm going. (laughs) Bye, Chinch. Happy New Year, Chinch. Happy New Year. Year. (laughs) He's now wondering, he's now wondering as aimlessly as he did when playing as a left back for several association football clubs and indeed the national team. He's back. He's back. He doesn't want to leave. He, he doesn't want to leave. He's going to be. He's going to be terribly late and divorced. One more centre back. One more centre back. He's going to come to me at night. One more centre back.